I ain't singing behind that. Wow. Man, it's good to be in church. Wow. It's good to see all of you again. God's good, ain't he? Wow. Good job, Brother Joel. Good job. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. sis that sung I don't know her but she done a good job too man y'all got some singers up here wow players music singers worshipers y'all got it all I like that that's God's church that's God's church I may sing one because I got a lot of preaching to do and I don't want to hold you late be seated a minute if you would. God bless you. Thank you. Good to be back in church with you. Good to see everybody again. But Donnie texted me. He said, you know, we got that meeting down yonder and all the kids. I said, I didn't talk to Brother Brad. And y'all still got a lot of people. But the kids is having a good time, I hear. I've kept in touch with them trying to just see how it's going. But I'm, maybe they'll come back, as old Brother Louis said, on fire. May they go all over the world of all those as represented in every church on fire. And may they take that little light of fire and keep lighting all over the world. I don't know about y'all, but I'm ready to get out of here. Not Happy Valley, I'm talking about the world. I'm ready to get out of here. This thing's going crazy. Amen. Amen. Let me try a song. Um, I don't know if well, Harry, do you know that song? I, I like it. I, I don't know. If, do you know the song, There Was Jesus? Gee, that's the only chord there is. <laughs> that's the only chord there is when you're Pentecost. Amen. <laughs> hey, can I hold that guitar? I know y'all can play it, but I got to hold something. I'm just so used to holding something. It takes some of the nervousness off when I. So, but it's in it's in G, brother Harry. I don't know any other chords to sing in. Every time I try to make it on my own. Every time I try to stand and start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground
kind of grace For forgiveness, a price I could not pay No, I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day There was Jesus I could not pay I'm not perfect and I thank God every day Maybe you couldn't see him, but he was there. As the song says, he was there all the time. Many times we don't even realize it. But that scripture, that promise, over 600 and some promises, I'll be there. I'll be with you. I'll be even in you to the end of the world. And when you don't even see me, you don't even know it, I'm there. What a God. Oh what a God. I was on the mountain wandering from the fountain when I heard my Savior speak to me. sins repenting oh and I will lead you out so you can see
bride can say. My subject this morning is power in the sound that's in the bride. Sound is a very important thing. What would it sound like today if we come to this church and we stood on this platform and these precious brothers were standing here and never made a sound? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with acapella. I'm just saying think about it. But when they begin to mash these keys and these strings and these drums and these things, Brother Brown said there's power that comes with this sound. There's something that when the sound forces or comes forth, there's something that, that's behind it. He said there on the day of Pentecost, he said when the cloven tongues of fire came and he said there on come, a, the, the Bible says a rushing mighty wind, a sound from heaven. He said there was a power that came with that. There's virtually about nothing in the world you can do with a, with, a, with, a, with a sound, with any sound at all, that has not got a power or something behind it to come with it. Sometimes it comes before it, sometimes it comes behind it. But there's a power. Either way, there's a power. So if there came in Acts 2 a power from that sound from heaven came, would not that power come again today? You say, well, we don't believe in that anymore. No, you may not believe in that anymore. Tim Burdett does. Well, he does. We got two, I know. Hey, some up here, I think they, they shake their heads. They must believe in it too. So we got a few. We're two or three together. We must be going to do something. Power in the sound. Last time I was here, I spoke on power and submission. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis. I want to read a scripture before we go and I'll let you be seated. But if you would, I appreciate it. We greet you in Jesus' name. Thank you for coming this morning. It's good to be in church. Good to see all of you. <clears throat> Those by the internet, may God bless them. Appreciate Brother Steve Burdett. He's come with me to ride with me today. He's, this is his first time here, so give him a good big welcome. Would you do that today? I used to bring his mother and father up here back 30 years or more ago. Back in 91, 90, 91, 92. And now they've gotten on up in age and can't hardly get. Last time, as a matter of fact, I had his mother and father here. We left church that Sunday. Went and got something to eat and I locked the keys in the car. Never forget that and they didn't either. We had to stand there and wait. So I called somebody. I forget who it was here at church. Might have been Brother Scott. He's about the only one I knew at the time. And he sent somebody over. I got in touch with somebody to unlock our doors, but I'll never forget that. But he's never got to come, so he wanted to come with me. So we thank him for coming today and appreciate that. We got some, I, I, I believe that you have a new uh, website uh, family on listening this morning from my part of town that listens to me at home. And I told him I wasn't going to be there, but I'd be here. So I stood in the parking lot and texted him what to pull up. So... They're pulling up, and we appreciate them and the, all the ones probably around the world. So God bless you. Appreciate you coming today. Genesis 1, verse 3. 
If you have your Bibles, you love the Lord. Very, uh, maybe odd scripture. You say, I don't understand what this has to do with sound. If you'll give me a, a little time, I'll break it out for you, and I'll try to skip a lot to get it all in that I want to get in. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. I'm going to skip some verses here to save some time. Verse 4, I just read that verse 4. Okay, let's go to verse 10. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. Verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass, yielding seed, herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse 16, and God made two great lights, and the great, greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Verse 17, and God saw, set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light upon the earth. Verse 18, to rule over the day and over the night, to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Verse 21, and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after its kind and every winged fowl after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 25 from my last scripture reading. And God made the beast of the earth after its kind and the cattle after its kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after its kind. And God saw that it was good. May the Lord add his blessings as you're seated this morning. Very powerful subject this is. The thing about a sound, if you watch this unfold, God's in the great heavens there and he begins to want to have somebody to worship him. He wanted to have somebody to praise him, but he didn't have all of this. So he now begins in every scripture that we actually read here. He creates it, then he turns around and he says, it was good. Listen carefully now, won't you stay with me. So he basically, if we could say it this way, he basically blesses what he just created and said it was good. So, so, so far, everything we've read, he blessed it. Then he says something this way. In verse 6, if you'll watch this unfold here, Genesis 1, 6. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and he let it divide the waters from the waters. God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. There's a reason he didn't say it was good. A very specific reason. In everyday life now, there's, everything begins to work off a of sound. They have doorknobs that work off a of sound. Offer your voice, it activates something within the mechanism within the door for your voice. And the door will lock or the door will unlock. There's uh, all kind of things that are actually made in today's society that work off of sound. 
Sound is a very, very important part of our everyday life. Let me read this scripture, very familiar scripture here. It says, Revelation 10, 7. Listen carefully. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, which he shall be begin to sound, the mysteries of God shall be finished, for he hath declared to his servants the prophets. So we know there's got to be a voice. We know there's got to be sound. They actually have a clock that works by your voice. By the sound that you make, you have to set it for your sound. Just any voice won't work. It's your sound. It's your voice. So by that clock, you can tell it to stop and pick it up. You can put the right time on it. Of course, you set the time, and you tell it, well, I want it set for I'm getting up at 5 o'clock or this, and alarm go off here. It does everything by sound. They have a disc that you can download into your computer that actually you can tell your computer to go to page down or page up. Works off of your voice and your sound. It's pretty striking. So what they've done with technology is very, very powerful. I don't think it just so happened to come out in the day that we're living in because I read in my Bible where God uses a voice. And by that voice comes a sound. The greatest sound that was ever been used in the history was when God said, let there be. Something began to come from the very voice and the very vocal cords of God himself and he begins to speak with a sound and what he was saying and as he was saying it began to come to vast. Now just follow me just a little while. I know this is different, but I want you to understand something. There's a big difference in the word created and there's a big difference in the word you were made. God tells us in one place you were created, tells us in one place of the word made. The word made is to take from one substance and make into another substance. To be able to take from one substance and make into another substance. So God makes you a body, listen carefully, he took from the dust and made the body. He takes from the dust something that he created that was already there when he created it. He takes from that part and makes a body, according to the scriptures. Is that right? So, but that body that he made is not the real you. Now, just go with me for a little bit. It's a little different, but it'll be all right. Y'all have heard me preach enough to know what I believe and see. But this is just so striking, I, I just like this. This body actually houses the real person. You are not the real person. I'm not the real person. This body just houses this temporary while we're in this journey from A to B. The word we were created in Christ. I want you to watch this very carefully. The word we were created. What, why would God put you in this body? Why didn't he just take us all to heaven then and just be through with it? Because there's a specific reason. There's an assignment, if I could say it like this. There's an assignment on the earth that God wanted each individual to fulfill. Every person in this building has an assignment. God, God brings that son of God and that daughter of God, the Christians, he brings them to fulfill that assignment on the earth. Now, the word we were created in Christ Jesus I believe is what the word says. We were created in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Is that right? Now listen to this. The word Christ means anointing. We've been taught that through the message of the hour for years. But it's different than just saying it. 
I've been preaching and saying things and preaching things in my church in the last couple of months. We've looked at the message so long and we've looked at the quote so long and we've looked at the Bible so long. We don't see the depth of it. We look at every, every quote we read. It's become this in every around the world. That we look at every quote and we look at the scriptures and the Bible's the same way. We look at that as just face value. And we don't want to go behind that and see what it really means. That's why Brother Bam said we read between the lines. You pull out of that something that this person may not be able to see. You say, well, it's not written. No, you, you, there's an understanding. It has to go by revelation according to the Bible. You understand what I'm saying? So if, if you were in Christ Jesus, then there's more to the anointing than just saying, oh, I'm in Jesus Christ. I'm in his anointing. But what, why are you in that anointing? There's an assignment that comes with you being blessed, so blessed to be created in the anointing according to the scriptures now. So if I was a created in the anointing before God ever spoke light into existence, before he ever spoke Genesis 1, I had to be in the anointing. Now, I'm not talking about being around the anointing. There's a big difference of being around the anointing to be in the anointing. So I was created in the anointing before God ever spoke life into it. Do you agree with that? Now the word create actually means to take from nothing and make something. So when my mother and father, Manuel and Brenda, comes together in a union, you understand, that was not the real person. That was a body being made that God wanted you to fulfill the assignment in. Now, every person's assignment would be a different assignment, of course. So the real you came into existence in the anointing before the foundation of the world. Then the real you was put in a body. It's very striking now, in the anointing, that's what the scripture says. So the real you lives in the body. There's all kinds of shapes, all kinds of sizes, all different colors and everything that's in the body. Right? So the difference is the word create and made. You say, what has this got to do with sound? Hold your taters. Colossians 3, 3 says, For ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ Jesus are in God. So I'm hid in the anointing. His name is Jesus Christ. Oh my, I love this. So Christ is, listen carefully, Christ is not his last name. The word Christ is his function. Not his name. His name is Jesus. Mine's Tim Burdett. That's a different, total different from Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ, but notice the, your life, is, Paul didn't tell us your life is hid in Jesus. He said your life is hid in Christ. So I'm hid in the anointing, Christ, the word C-H-R-I-S-T, Christ is his function. So he is Jesus, the anointed one. So Jesus, the man, came, died, rose, and wanted, and went back and sat by the right hand of the Father. True. Jesus. Jesus. Not Christ. He sits there to make intercessions for me and for you. 
as he sits upon the right hand of the Father. Would you agree? So he came back and went back to the Father. He comes down, goes back to the Father. But listen, Christ had to come to a position because it's an anointing and I'm hid in that anointing. You're hid in that anointing. I know all y'all wondering what, what's this got to do with sound, don't you? If I don't finish it, you'll be wondering to the next time too. <laughs> Christ comes, Jesus comes down, dies, rose again. We know he takes him back. But notice if you watch the scriptures, Christ never left the earth. Jesus did. That body of a temple that God made goes back to that to set upon the right hand. Christ never left the earth. He waited in the earth for another body to ascend upon. Now there's a reason behind that he did all of this. So now we believe that we make up that body of Christ or the body of the anointed one. Now, I know a lot of people never understand this, but it's okay. Just listen. We've been taught enough to, to be able to put it together. God gives us the fivefold ministry, according to Peter, to be able to perfect that bride. Do you believe that? So through that very ministry, we all, we all become preaching. The, we, we all, through the preaching of the ministry, to be reconciled back through the ministry, according to Paul. We come now the very expression of that anointed one. So through that ministry... We become perfected in the full expression of the anointed body. So I'm hid with God. Listen, I'm hid with God in the anointing. So my past, my present, my future is in the anointing. There's nothing he don't know. There's nothing he can't, that there's nothing can happen unless he allows it. Why? He knows my past, he knows my present, he knows my future. Because my past, my future, and my present is in the anointing. Everything about me is in the anointing. Everything in my life, in everything, in every aspect is in my anointing. So everything that I ever will be is already in me. Now listen, God does something in life, in my life and in your life. It's not God coming out of the AC vents to give you something or to do something for you. <laughs> it's not him coming out of these vents and placing something on me. This is where people can't get it. It's already there because I'm in the anointing. Oh my, come on, Happy Valley. How can Brother Branham say the rapture's in you? Because you're in the anointing. The rapture ain't in you because you believe God's a prophet. We become so complacent that we believe God just, God, he has to take me because I'm in the message. No, no, no. None of y'all people believe this message no more than I do. You don't believe William Branham was a prophet no more than I do. But don't get in your minds you're gonna be there because you believe in Brother Branham. You're not gonna be there because you believe this message. 
As a matter of fact, there's millions going to be in heaven that don't even know this message. Don't look at me funny. Your pastor teaches that. I want you to understand, I'm, the rapture's in me because I'm in the anointing. Everything that I need is in me because I'm in the anointing. My problem is I've got to learn how to push it out. So if it's in me, so what I got to do is grab hold of the potential, oh my, that is resting inside of my anointing. Well, I'm just, I'm in the message, glory to God. I've been in the message church all my life, praise the Lord, I believe God sent a prophet. But we've become so complacent with it. We become so complacent with it. God didn't put me in Life Tabernacle in my hometown of Anderson, South Carolina just to become complacent with what I say I believe. God didn't put Happy Valley here and send Brother Donnie here just to be for everybody here to get complacent. Oh, we're in the message. We're in message church. It's become, a, it's become, it's, it's become awful. Why? Everything is based upon the anointing. We can come to church seven days a week. If there's not an anointing comes with a sound from heaven, something's wrong. Then none of it's no good. I've got to live up to the potential that's in my anointing. If God placed me in his anointing, then that means he's seen something in me. He says, one day I'll take it out of him. I'll send a prophet messenger with a message that'll speak to his heart. And through that, he'll be able to recognize who he is and what he's on earth for. That he has an assignment upon this earth to fulfill upon this earth. Not just to come to church two and three times a week and warm a pew, but I've got an assignment upon this earth. God's called me for a reason upon this earth. I'm in his anointing. He placed me in his anointing for a reason. Hallelujah. I've dealt with horses. I've had horses. I've rode horses pretty near all my life. The last horse we saw, it was, it was a, probably a $50,000 horse. Its daddy was 100000 The name of this horse was Macho. The dad's name, which I didn't own, was named Macho. The son's name that came through his lineage was called Sierra Son. Sierra Son. He had the bloodline, had the lineage. But I didn't know it. I didn't know the potential of what he could do. I didn't know what the horse really was. But one day it kicked me so hard. Knocked me through the fence, tore everything down. It kicked me right here. And when I got up, I sold him. <laughs> Wish I had him today. Because you know why? Now I know what was in him. I didn't then. That horse is in California today, and all kind of celebrity stars take pictures with it. Because of the lineage, it had one blue eye and one black eye. It was a paint. It's daddy sold for a hundred and something thousand dollars. 
Now, when we bought the horse, we didn't know the horse was any of this. Evidently, the people we bought it from didn't know it. We didn't give it like $2,000 for it. But now it's worth all kind of thousands and thousands of dollars. Why? Because when they bought it and sold it, they knew something was in it that I didn't. It became worth more to them than it was to me because of what was in it. Why did God go to all the way from glory and stand up on the earth in a robe of flesh and don the robe of flesh and stand on Calvary because he knew something was in you. He knew that you was in his anointing. You knew there was something. He knew something was in you. I'm going to make them a child of God. They may live for the devil their, most of their life, but I will make them a child of God. He knew what was in you because you were in his anointing. Listen, if then be ye risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So this scripture in Colossians starts off with the mind. The word seek refers to the mind. I start with my mind and seek. I preach on the kingdom of my world all the time. Seek from the mind. I seek those things which are if ye them in risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. I set my mind on the affections on things above. Colossians 3, 2. Set your affections, which just means the mind, on things above, not on things of the earth. There's a reason. So I have to now allow my anointing to get to the potential of who I am. I'm not just a roofer. Roofing is the lowest of the lowest. <laughs> it really is. If you pull it up on a scale of one to ten, it's all the way down to ten. God didn't put me here just to be a roofer. But he knew there was potential in me that I would be a good roofer. He'll be a good metal man. He'll be able to make things and do things with copper that many people can't even do. We make copper domes for all kind of things and we roll them and trim them. I mean, we do all kind of shapes. And me and my, my brother Tony, we do that with our hands. God knew we could do that. But God says that he's hid in me. I know there's more to him than his hands of working on copper and metals and things of that nature. So I'm going to allow him to seek things that are above. I'm going to allow my anointing. I want him to get to the potential of who he is. It's not a matter of whether we are anointed. The problem is, can we think on the level of the anointing? It's not a question, are we in the anointing? Far as around anointed preaching, anointed singing. That's not a question. We come through the doors and there's anointed singing. We come through the doors and there's an anointed presence. But the question is, can I rise up to the potential of the level of anointing that God has placed? Amen. Because here's the thing. If you think you're a failure, guess what? You'll always be a failure. If you think you're a failure, you'll always be a failure. Why? Because you won't rise to the occasion. It's like being homeless. I'm sure y'all have homeless people all over the city. Sitting on the sides, roads and sidewalks with signs. That's everywhere you go. I'm not down in any of that. Many of those folks I feel so sorry for. Some of them I don't. 
Oh, Brother Tim, you're a bad person. Hold your taters. Because it's like being that. Many of those people do the statistics on this. Many of the homeless people choose to be homeless. Why? It's because they're thinking. Scientifically proven, their thinking is no higher than that. And they cannot change that because they refuse to change their thinking. Every day of your life, you deal with your thinking. It's in their thinking. Everything starts in the mind. Many homeless people can find jobs and all kinds of things. But go ask them. We've got some in our city, in our town, that every, I know them, some of them I know personally. They choose. Why? Because of their thinking. If they would change their thinking up to a different grade of a level of thinking, then they would try to pull themselves out of that. You can't come to church and sit on a pew and the level anointed's up here and you stay down here expecting to get up there. You've got to climb and push and climb. And Brother Brown said, you got to drink and push, drink and push, drink and push. He said to pull yourself up in that level of thinking. Amen. Well, Tim, I still don't know what sound got to do with it. How many ever heard of Mike Lindell? A few hands. He's the inventor of my pillow. Some of y'all never heard of it. This is a plug for him. Go buy you my pillow. He ain't paying me. Best pillow I ever slept on. But that man, Mike Lindell, is in Minnesota. He was a homeless drug addict of the lowest of the lowest of the lowest, Sister Janet. This man was so low, he lost his whole family and everything that he owned. And all he wanted to do was drink, smoke, drugs, and everything. He was homeless on the streets. Now he's a multi-zillionaire. Why? Because he changed his thinking. Pull him up, Mike Lindell. For the best night's sleeps in the whole wide world, get mypillow.com. I'm about to call him and tell him he needs to pay me. He was on the streets, he was everything, but he had to change his thinking in order for this to transpire. Now, everybody, he, uh, he hires, I forget how many hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people that work in his company. Everything's made in the USA. Every person in his company was a homeless drug addict. He won't even hire you unless you've been a drug addict and homeless. Why? Because he pulls their thinking up to where he was at. This man wears a cross on him every day, seven days a week, sleeps with it, showers with it, everywhere he goes is a cross because he's a Christian. You say, but you don't believe what I believe. So, I probably don't believe what half of y'all believe. What's that gonna do with anything? This man is a Christian. He pulls the homeless people up from that level into the level that he was there, but he knows what was there. Now he can climb higher. That's what he does in his business, and he's a multimillionaire over that. You cannot, listen, friends, you cannot think small and create a world. God didn't say, well, I'm going to create a world that just me can live in. God didn't do that. God made a sound and said, let there be created the heavens and the earth. Why? Because he was thinking big. 
You can't think that you weak all the time and expect to get strong. You got to change your thinking. You can't think you poor all the time and expect to get rich. You can't do that. You got to think richer. I'm not thinking about only money at all. I'm talking about the things that God's given me and God's done for me. I've got to think on his level of anointing. God don't come down on my level of anointing. He comes, we've got to go to his level of anointing. So you and I have to do the same exact thing. Even though we are not homeless, we are not on drugs, we're not on, we must live up to the potential. So the anointing has to get to the potential. Can't think like a broke man and be rich. Can't think like a weak person and be strong. Because if you and I are anointed for great things, then you have to think like great things. God couldn't think small and create a world. One of God thought small and created a world just for him. <laughs> we don't arrive at the place, understand me when I make this statement, we don't arrive at the place of our anointing, we arrive at the place of our thoughts, which takes us into that expression. A thought ain't worth five cents. Unless you act on it. Amen. A thought, I don't care you have 10,000 thoughts a day that's good thoughts. Unless you act on that thought, it ain't worth five cents. Many of us think too small. I'm just, just, I'm just a simple old church pew Christian. That's all I am. I'm just nobody. You'll always be that. I'm not talking about literally. I'm talking about spiritually. You can't think like that. I can't think like that. When God thought, and then he created these things, God couldn't think of small things. He had to think of the greatest of the greatest. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, so is he. So listen carefully. Don't lose me here. My thinking defines my, I just said the scripture, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is, two-letter word, is, I-S, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So my thinking defines my is. Listen, just because I ain't read you a quote don't mean I'm not in the message. I know what people think. I go to some churches, if I don't read 25 quotes, they don't want to hear it. Forget it. My thinking defines my is. So, if I'm going to show up where my anointing is... <laughs> I'm going to have to think on the level of my anointing because my thinking defines my is what are you well I is this and I is this but my thinking defines my is as a man thinketh in his heart so is he Whew. 
So we as children of God must get our thinking higher. Let me say it like this. When God wanted something, when God had a thought in his mind, he wanted something, listen, God does not speak, speak to what is. Listen, God did not speak to what is. He spoke to what holds it and commands what holds it to turn it loose. Boy, I wish I had five services on this for you. God does not speak to what is. He didn't speak to the earth because it wasn't there. So he had to speak to what was holding it. And he commanded it basically to turn it loose. Stay with me. Remember, your whole life is in your anointing. So God, when God wanted grass and when God wanted potatoes and when God wanted all those great things y'all like to eat, God did not speak to that and say, tater come forth and grass come forth. He spoke to what was holding the taters. He spoke to what was holding it. Read your Bible. He spoke to what was holding it and commanded it to turn it loose. You understand? In other words, the potential of every seed, according to the Bible in Genesis 1-11, every seed shall bring forth of its kind. So in other words, the potential of every seed was already in the earth. Grice was there, potatoes was there, tomatoes was there, all these was there, uh, 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 onions was there, all these great things was there. So he didn't speak to those things, he spoke to what was holding all these things. So what is it holding you? What is it that's holding me? So God spoke to the heavens. Read your Bible. God didn't speak, said, let Jupiter come, let Pluto come, let Cyrenus come, let, let, let uh, uh, Mars come, let this one come, let the, all the nine different planets. God didn't speak to them. God spoke to the heavens and said, turn loose what's there. Why? Because he knew what was there had the potential. So he speaks to what was holding the planets and asks it to, tur to turn loose. He turned loose of the potential. What does he do to you? What does he do to me? He turns loose of your potential. There's potential in here for every one of you to lay hands on the sick. Well, I don't believe nobody can do it, Brother Branham. Don't make me have thoughts like what I wanted to say. I ain't talking about cussing. Says, oh, but you know, I had someone tell me, we can't, we can't do nothing till Brother Brown comes back. Well, stay sick. Stay sick. Well, Brother Tim, we just don't believe nobody can do that. Stay sick. Go home sick today. That's your business but you don't have to. Why? Because you and I as sons and daughters of God have the ability and the potential to speak to that sickness to make it turn loose as children of God. 
listen, listen. He didn't directly call the thing. He called to the earth which was holding the thing to turn loose of the thing. Because the thing of whatever it was was already there. Y'all must not read y'all Bible on that part. Show me a scripture where he said, let there be Jupiter. Let there be Mars. There's not none. It ain't there. Well, you tell me how they got there. Because he spoke to the thing that was holding it. The Bible says he spoke to the heavens and said, let the heavens bring forth. What is the heavens? The heavens is there. He didn't say let there be carp, let there be flounder. Oh, I think I want a sea bass. I think I want a large mouth. He didn't do that. Show me some scripture on that. All he said was let the waters bring forth. Because all the sea bass and the large mouth and the flounder and the carp was already there. So what was in it was holding it. He spoke that it would bring forth. He spoke to the earth. He spoke to the heavens. He spoke to the sea. But when he made man, he turned to himself and let us make man in our own image. He didn't speak to the earth, the heavens, and the sea. He spoke to himself. And out of him, that's how I'm hid in Christ. That's how I'm hid in his anointing. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. He spoke to himself and said, I'm going to bring forth now. The heavens is brought forth. The earth is brought forth. The seas is brought forth. But now I'm going to bring forth. When he makes man, he turns. So God basically just turned loose of what was already in him. Y'all still don't know what sound's got to do with it, do you? So I was a part of the potential of what God was. So if God's a healer and God's a redeemer and God's a way maker and God's that, uh-oh, and God's a savior and God's that, evidently the, the potential that's in you must, have, must be to be a little God. So the potential in you must be a little redeemer. So the potential must be in you to be a healer. So the potential in you must be to be a savior. Oh, Brother Tim, we can't do none of that stuff. You know why? Because you're thinking so low. You're thinking all the way down here. You can't think down here and expect to get this. Why? Because if it was in God, then you're for the potential of what he was. You're not a savior where you save people from their sins. I didn't say that. You're not a redeemer where you redeem people in a way that God would redeem. But that potential of you is a savior, is a redeemer because you was in Christ. You're in his anointing. I'm here in that. So that anointing of God of Christ now comes out of me and now I'm portraying the potential of what Timothy Burdett can be is to help this one and to help this one and to be a redeemer for this one, to help this and find Christ, to help this and to be saved, to help this and to be redeemed. That's what you and I are. That's an assignment. Hallelujah. That's a part of the assignment that God has laid on me and you. (sighs) 
Hallelujah. Now understand what Brother Branham really meant. Brother Harry, when he said, I now know my real mother and father. He said, I always thought Charles and Ella Branham. He said, but now I know. Why? Brother Branham come to the understanding of he knew his real mother and father. He knew the potential of who he was, even though he was in a class of his own as a prophet, a seventh age seer. But I just come from Sister Brenda and Brother Manuel as far as the body. But inside of me, God created me before the foundation of the world. He created you before the foundation of the world. And he called you from himself. So when the anointing comes like this, God does not bring something down to you. He tries to get to turn... He, he, He's trying to get us to turn loose of the potential of what is in us. It's in me, and I've got to have, I've got to get it out somehow, but somebody's got to help me get it out. I don't know how to get it out. But if I let loose and let God have his way, he has the ability to come down and pull out of me what I don't even know is there. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know what's there, but he does. Why? Because I'm in his anointing. Tim, would you please tell us what sound has to do with it? So what is the power of sound? God said. If God had never made that sound, nothing would have never happened. So the first thing he made was Sound. If God would have never spoke, then there would have been nothing. So then there comes sound, and heaven and earth comes. We know it was a wasteland, but yet it was out of order. But then it begins to sound out, and everything begins to respond to the sound that God began to make. Every great power that's in the earth has to have a sound with it. When you hear a train, it's a powerful engine. Three or four big massive engines pulling it, maybe three or four pushing it. And the sound of it is so powerful and massive and the power that's pushing it. You hear a jet that comes over and gone and you hear the effects of what it was. The sound is so gigantic and, and, the, and, and the engines were so loud, but yet it's gone. Tornadoes come, things come, all that comes. They say it sounds like a train. It did this, it come and took this off. The sound of the whistling and the howling of the things of the wind and the things that begin to happen, the rain, it comes over, it's gone with such a great sound. So everything with great power that's in this earth comes with a great sound. Hold your taters. So if what I don't understand is how could the church be so powerful but it's the quietest place we ever go to? If the church is supposed to have all this built up power, then somebody help me with why we are the quietest place we ever go. Oh, I don't know if I can take it. That organ is so loud. Brother Harry, you couldn't get that organ loud enough for me. 
they're so, them drums, oh my, they, I just don't know how we stand sitting in that box with those drums, they're so loud. You couldn't play them. If I played them, you couldn't stand it. I'm not talking about a bunch of junk, a bunch of rigmarole, a bunch of noise. I'm not talking about noise. I'm talking about what she is supposed to be if she's full of all power, but yet why can't she speak? Let me tell you why the church has lost its shout. The church has lost its passion. She's losing her voice. The natural and the spiritual type go together. Do you agree? Do you know what they're going to do? And I don't preach on politics in the pulpit because I don't agree with none of it, don't vote for none of them, don't care for none of them. But let me tell you what's going on. I do keep up with the things that's going around the world. But you know what's happening? They're trying to take your voice. You tell me why they want your voice. Come on, church. You tell me why all the politicians and the government tries to shut you down and take your voice. Tell me why. Because they know if you speak up, there's power behind what you can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So what they do is try to take and stop your voice because if, you, if you're not activated and then you stop, well, oh, I'm gonna call down to this right here. Let them do what they wanna do. I know what's gonna happen to the government. The world's gonna happen because prophecy in Bible and the prophet of God's already said it, but it shouldn't stop us as sons and daughters of God to stop our voice, to stop speaking. Why? Because the natural and the spiritual type together. You do that out there, you'll do the same thing in the house of God. I'm not talking about a bunch of garbage and junk on the platform and out in the pews. Don't, don't misunderstand me, Happy Valley. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about real sons and daughters of God with the voice that God gave her. She's the very one that should have all the greatest voice there ever is. If she's supposed to be voice activated, why are we not doing that in this age? My phone and your phone, probably all of y'all, or some of y'all's, if you have iPhone, has that little woman on her Siri. Me and her are best friends. Because I can't do this. My thumbs are too big. If you ever get a text from me and you don't know what it says, you said, you, you, all you got is, Tim must be texting. Siri don't know y'all's voice. On my phone, Siri knows Tim Burdett's voice. The devil should know, the enemy should know every one of y'all's voice. Oh, that's Sister Janet. I better watch out. She's got a, she's just so loud and jumps and shouts so much. I better, I know, I know her. I recognize that voice when she's screaming and shouting all her. I better watch out. That's the way the devil ought to be. He shouldn't wonder who you are. He shouldn't wonder if you're this or that and the other. He should know who you are. Why, you should tell him who you are and show him who you are. Let me get through with this right quick so I can show you something. Let me get through. Just 1230. Oh, God, I ain't nothing. I'm going to skip some of this. I want to get to something. Sound and power, listen very closely now. When the church loses her sound, she loses her power. They go together. 
They go hand in hand. That's the way the thing is. That I want you to understand what's taken actually before us today in the natural. It will take place in the spiritual. The enemy wants to take your sound. The enemy wants to take your power. Look at the evil that's sounding off in all the world today. It's nothing but evil. But if I can take your sound, then I'll make Happy Valley a church of Christ. I'm not down in the church of Christ. God bless their little heart. I'm not down in the church of Christ. I've been in the church of Christ. If I can break their sound, if I can get them when they go to church, they don't clout no more. Or if I can get them where they just take their sound, just, oh, if you could just, if you could take, Brother Harry, if you could just move the organ down three or four notches, it would sound better. Now, I don't know if y'all have a problem with this or not. I'm just preaching tonight. I'm going back to Anderson in a minute. But I pretty much I ain't never been in church that didn't have a problem with it. I deal with it all the time. Oh, your guitar's too loud. Bring some cotton. If he can get you to be quiet, if he can get you depressed enough, if he can get you isolated to yourself, if he can get you disappointed and down. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Brother Donnie ain't been preaching what I really want to hear. Maybe Brother Donnie's been preaching what you really need, but not what you want. And Donnie's been listening to his boss instead of y'all. Because if he pulls you out, and isolates you and he pulls you and depresses you and pulls you and get discourages you and pulls you to the side and you don't have no sound no more and your voice is almost gone. I just don't know what I'm going to do anymore. He's one. And then if he gets this one, then he gets that one and that one, this and 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 this. Then he's got 65, 75% of the church in that same thing. Then he's took your voice. He's took your sound. He's took your power. And we all sat there and let it happen, didn't even realize it. But we're not going to do that because they sent Tim Burdett to tell y'all don't do that junk. Amen. You and I as a church of the living God cannot allow that to happen. Now listen, I've been to drag races many, many, many times up here to Bristol and just different ones. That sound is so great. I've been to them up here in Bristol before where the sound, they would come by and there's so much power and so much sound it blows the trunks and the doors off up into the stands. I've I, I seen it. I've been there. I'm sure some of y'all have. I mean, the power was so great within the motor and the engine, it was so much pressure, it actually blowed the doors off of it, and the doors went up into the stands. The power and the sound of it. Why? Because it was so great, there's something in that car with so much power that something has to move. Oh, my. Could you imagine what would happen if we broke out in shout and worship and praise to God this morning? I ain't talking about one or two. I'm talking about 50, 60% of the people. If they broke out in worship, my goodness, y'all have to hurry up and rush and get the other church built to have church. <laughs> Notice, 
It's the same thing with the church because something has to move when the anointing speaks. When the anointed body speaks, something has to move. So we're speaking to two different Christians. One with sound and power and one with neither. Now listen carefully. Sound proceeds. I'm not going to be able to finish it. And I ain't got to the good part yet. Oh my gosh. I was trying, but I can't. I don't want to hold you. Sound proceeds manifestation. Listen. Sound proceeds manifestation. You understand? Sound proceeds manifestation. Remember Elijah? When he closed the heavens? And he said, there'd be no rain fall for three and a half years. And then when Israel repented and Elijah began to pray, the Bible tells us, I think it was, he prayed six times and nothing happened. Then he just couldn't stop. We pray one time, nothing happens. Well, that must not have been God's will. I prayed for this, but God didn't, he didn't allow it to happen. Must not be his will. He must not want me healed. He must, he, just, he, he must just want me to be sick because I prayed one or two times and nothing happened. Elijah prayed six times and nothing happened. And he's a prophet. <laughs> he's a prophet. And the Bible says he keeps on praying. He prays again. And he looks at his representation there and he says, Gehazi, you hear that? Go up on top of that hill and look. Gehazi begins to go up top of that hill. He comes back down. What do you see? I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. But he didn't stop there. He said, but also I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And then the sound from that preceded the manifestation of what he saw and heard. And then there come the rain. Listen, friends, you can disagree with me all you want to. You're not going to change the facts. God didn't call a dead church. God didn't call. He ain't going to make Acts 238 people, a bunch of wild, bunch of holy, roly Pentecostal people, and not make you the same thing. Don't give me that. Well, I ain't going to be that. That's okay. We'll put you in your corner over there where, when Brother Harry's up there playing and I'm singing and these guys are singing and all that and that big choir like Brother Donnie said back in June, we're going to be playing. You can sit over in your little corner. Well, I wish I was over worshiping with them. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Brother Brown said one time in the healing line, let me read you a quote so y'all know I'm still in the message. <laughs> that is the truth. If you don't read the quote, you ain't in the message. Right, let me read that so before I leave you. Brother Brown said he was in a healing line. This will blow your mind. It's so powerful though. He said, oh, do you hear that? Your prophet 
your prophet. I hear the sound of healing. And y'all didn't even know sound come with healing, did you? Be sick one time and get healed and see if there ain't no sound. Brother Brown said, you hear? Oh, I hear the sound of healing. He said, oh, the, listen, the power of the Holy Ghost is here to cheer you on. You mean to tell me the Holy Ghost is a cheer? So now, now we got a cheerleader. I've got a cheerleader. His name is the Holy Ghost. And he cheers me on. And he cheers me on. And his healing comes and he cheers me on. Your prophet said, oh, the Holy Ghost has the power to cheer you on. Amen. Don't tell me you don't believe in sound. Oh, oh, y'all here? He's in a healing line. I hear the sound of healing. The power of the Holy Ghost is here to cheer you on. Oh, and he didn't stop right there. He said, if you can feel the cloud of the size of the man's hand, scream and holler. Why? Because he knew from me, from that sound, there's a power that comes with it. He said there was a power that come with the sound of a rushing mighty wind. He said it came by the Holy Ghost. In Acts 2. Why? Because there was a sound with the power. And then Brother Brown makes the statement. Oh, church. Oh, children. This is the quietest place you'll ever be. Oh, Brother Tim, you're just too Pentecostal. We'll make sure to put you in your Methodist side up there. I'll have a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus and say, Jesus, could you take them and put them in the, in the Baptist side over there? They're not quite as loud as we are. We make too much noise, Jesus. Would you? We don't want to disturb them. I'm sure some of y'all love me, but I'm sure some of y'all probably hate me right now. The prophet of God said when the Pentecostal people went up to, into Pentecost, there were just men when they went up there. But all of a sudden, while they were there, they were, he said, Brother Brown said, when they went up there, he said, they were scared to death, full of fear. They had the windows closed and the doors closed. They were afraid, musicians, come if you would. They were afraid of persecution. They were just good church members up to this time. They just warned many a good pew up to this time. They'd been baptized with water up to this time, but they didn't have power. One of them said, Oh, 
Oh, he's speaking to Thomas. Let me put my hands in your side. Let me put my fingers in the prints of your nails in your hand. Another one said to the woman, oh, it's foolish. You didn't see nothing. And when they climbed them steps and went upstairs, all of a sudden there came a sound from heaven. A power come down. It come into them after the sound. This is a direct quote. I ain't making it up. And then they went out into the streets giving out message books. I might have crossed the line with that, Brother Harry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brother Donnie. Then they went out in the streets gave us tapes and books and pamphlets. <laughs> I'm going. I'm leaving. Steve, get ready at the back door. Wait on me, buddy. Get my truck cranked up. Harry, you open that door for him so he can run through. He ain't gonna have time to run around. They went out in the streets rejoicing, screaming, preaching, praising, glorified. Why? They had hidden power that the world knew nothing about. Oh, goodness. I wish. Hey, somebody reach up there. Turn that clock back an hour. I'll go home. I'll leave you. I do have some more, but if y'all can talk, Brother Donnie, let me come one more time. Amen. I'll finish this. Amen. I can get it in one more time, Brother Harry. Let's stand and give Jesus a hand clap of praise, would you? Can you say amen? amen? Do you love him? Amen. Ain't he wonderful? Amen. Oh, he's good, ain't he? Amen. I promise you there's a lot more to this sound. I'm leaving off about a, about a good hours in it. She said, oh. Well, sit down, I'll finish it. That's the bad thing about coming up here, man. You don't want to stop, brother. <laughs> Y'all make it so easy to preach. My goodness. That's the way it should be. You say, Brother Tim, and I understand this. I'm not down in any of you if you don't make a sound in church. God bless you. I say, ever understood why somebody wants to change me to what they are.
All the Democrats wants to make all Democrats. All the Republicans wants to make all Republicans. All the Independents wants to make all Independents. All the Baptists want to make all Baptists. Everybody wants to be like them. Why can't you just be like Jesus? Yeah. Just be what he made you. Mother Tim, God didn't make me to be loud. That's perfectly okay. Just don't get mad when I'm loud. I don't, I don't care if people's loud or not. I don't want you to be like me. How would the world look with two Tim Burdettes? Pretty bad. Bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. God don't want none of y'all people like me. Lord knows Happy Valley don't want none of you like me. But don't try to make me like you. If I'm loud and preaching and screaming and sweating and slobbering and mucus and all that, let me just do it. Don't worry about it. You ain't got to come up here and touch it. If you're quiet, you just sit there. That's okay, Brother Louie. It's okay. God's got a big old bouquet of flowers and we're all different. But there's got to be some kind of movement. If you don't, Brother Brown said, there ain't no movement, there's death. Dead, That's just what the prophet said. I don't maybe meant you have to jump and run the aisles all every time. I don't believe God wants y'all to be like Sister Jane. I use her, she don't get mad at me. I've known her for about 30-something years, so she don't get mad at me. God don't want all of y'all to jump, shout, and scream like she does. Or Sister D here. God don't want that. God wants you to be who he made you. That's all he wants you to be. If he made you a son of God and a daughter of God, that's all he wants you to be. You may go about through this assignment different than other people. It's perfectly okay. As the saying says, why can't we just all get along? God don't want all the churches to be Happy Valley. He don't want all the churches to be Life Tabernacle. He don't want them all to be evening light. He don't want them all to be believers tabernacle. He wants you to just be sons and daughters of God. And in this great big old bouquet of flowers, he placed this one this way, this and this way, this and this way, this and this way. Just be happy. Is that G? That's Pentecostal G. There's a happy land of promise. Over in the great beyond. Can you say amen? Where the saved of earth shall soon glory shine. Y'all got to put it up or I'm forgetting it. And the saved of earth shall enter. Help me out, I forget. Everybody will. One thing about it, we'll be happy over there. Over there. Well, everybody will be happy. Oh, we'll be happy over there.
over in the great beyond where the saved of earth shall soon the glory share where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore everybody will be happy over there to bear all the people will be singing glory glory to the lamb everybody will be happy over there us by his grace and who brought us to that land pride and fair we'll praise his name forever as we look upon his face everybody will be happy over there Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. I want to be standing by your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Let the worshipers arise. Let his sons and his daughters sing. I'm surrendering my all to you, my Lord. I surrender to the King. sons and the daughters see 
a reminder today about our sound aren't you glad God gave you a reminder about your sound today your voice makes a difference your your voice is the difference praise the Lord ain't it good to be in church brother Tim God bless your heart let's sing this as we get ready to leave today just another reminder of how much he loves us because he brings these things to our attention. Sometimes it's, and I'm not, it's like Brother Tim said, nobody can be you, nobody can worship you like you, nobody can do like you, but you've all got something to do. And it's not like this. All the time, not all the time. It's not like this all the time. Sometimes it's this. Sometimes it's tears. Sometimes it's speaking in tongues. Sometimes it's just magnifying the Lord with all you got. But you've got a sound. Somebody say it's the truth anyhow. Let's sing this. No one ever loved me like Jesus. Praise the Lord. Service Wednesday night. Have you enjoyed church today? Give the Lord one more good hand clap of praise. Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. I stand in awe of your amazing grace. I worship you as long as I am breathing. God, you are faithful and true. Nobody loves me like
Like you love me, Jesus. 